was dead in the water. Ball slipped her by six. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. If that's the last image of Michael Jordan, how magnificent series. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the 3 and D. I'm Paul Lombardi, and I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Review and Preview Network for my weekly NBA and college basketball show. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. In tonight's episode, we'll be looking at some more NBA draft headlines, my updated MVP leaderboard, and a lot more. So hope everyone is doing well. Uh, we're deep into the NBA season now, about two-thirds of the way there. Um, got the playoffs upcoming. The NCAA season is over, sadly. Um, but that doesn't mean that the NBA draft do- isn't going to make things interesting. The transfer portal is going to make things very interesting. Uh, you know, Just as we went on the air, got a little alert that uh, Colin Gillespie will be returning to Villanova. Um, that's a huge addition for Villanova. You know, he was their best player point guard. Um, he was a senior this year, but with the extra year of eligibility, he obviously got the opportunity to go back if he really wants to. So he's deciding to, to play that extra year. And that makes sense. You know, after tearing his ACL, uh, he missed all of the tournament. Uh, it was the right move and he wasn't going to get drafted anyway. So I'm not too surprised at all that, that that was the route that he decided to go in. So first thing we jump into is since our last episode, um, there's some new names that have entered the NBA draft uh, in case you haven't been keeping track, in case it's very difficult to, uh, to keep track of all of them. But a few of the names since the last episode, since, since last Saturday, when we did the final four preview, um, make sure to go check that out by the way, and I put out a NCA recap video too, um, a 3D short uh, for about 30 minutes long or something, recapping the entire tournament, who I think is going to be, you know, teams to watch out for next season in the uh, college basketball season. So uh, make sure to check that out too. That's uh, up on the Review and Preview YouTube page. So, and give, give some love and support. So new names that have entered the NBA draft since the last time, that we spoke. Uh, Scotty Barnes tops the list. He's freshman from Florida State, the, one of the top-ranked small forwards. He's going to hire an agent. Uh, he's ranked number seven in my top 100 for this year's upcoming draft, so he's projected lottery pick. Another projected lottery pick, Keon Johnson, athletic shooting guard from Tennessee. He's going to hire an agent, ranked number eight. Moses Moody, the sharp shooting shooting guard from Arkansas, is going to hire an agent. He's ranked number nine. He's also going to be a lottery pick. Uh, Davion Mitchell, too, will hire an agent and return to and leave Baylor. Um, 
amazing 3 and D guy, one of the catalysts of the national championship team, as we saw, all college basketball fans really saw. Uh, Davion Mitchell is a great player, and he improved his draft stock a ton from just the tournament especially. Uh, that was one of the big storylines. He's probably the the one player that benefited the most from the tournament. Uh, he was, you know, if you, if you could, if you watch my episode of recapping the entire tournament, he was going into season. He was a projected, it, he really wasn't projected to even get drafted. And then he started sneaking into some second rounds, then some late first rounds before the tournament. And now he's supposed to be a lottery pick and I've got him ranked 12 in my top 100. So he's going to hire an agent and enter the draft. Io Desunmu my favorite player in all of college basketball. If you've been following the show, uh, point guard from Illinois, he will hire an agent as well. He went on ESPN live and announced his decision last week. Uh, he's ranked number 13 in my top 100. Joel Yai, who is one of, who is one of Gonzaga's best players. Um, he will hire an agent as well. Um, He's another guy that benefited from the tournament too. He's an athletic shooting guard, can do a little bit of everything too. You know, he was like their Swiss Army knife, uh, Gonzaga. He was uh, he was a reliable piece for that team. Um, he can shoot, he can play defense, he can do it all. And he was only a junior this year, so would have had two years of eligibility left. But um, he's going to hire an agent, and he's ranked 29. So I got him like I got him penciled in in the late first round as of right now. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Who was the lead? Who was leading rebounder for Villanova this season? Power forward, um, sophomore. He was one of their top recruits last year. Didn't have a great freshman year, but had a tremendous bounce back sophomore year. He's going to hire an agent. He's ranked thirty three on my um, my top one hundred. So I've got him somewhere in the early second round. So he's uh, he's planning on going. Marcus Bagley, who Marvin Bagley's younger brother of the Sacramento Kings. He is a freshman at Arizona state. He had a great year this year in his freshman years, small forward, not as big as his brother, but he's just going to test the waters. He's not going to hire an agent immediately. Um, he's, he's just going to test the waters to begin with. I've got him ranked 36 right, right now in my top 100. So he's looking like an early second round pick. I've seen some mock drafts that have him in the late first, um, but he's going to go through the draft process and potentially return to Arizona state. If you know he thinks that's the right fit, what about vital problem leaving? Right, I I think that's actually a really good question. So for Baylor, um, that's Tom Scavetta, of course, for review and preview, as everybody knows, um, frequent guests of the three and D. Uh, they, it's a very interesting question because for Baylor, Jared Butler will be gone, and. Davion Mitchell will be gone. They'll both be declaring for the draft. And Macy Oteague will be gone, too. He was a senior. Uh, he'll be a second-round pick, most likely. So he'll probably declare and decide to stay in the draft. But Vital's an interesting situation because I don't think he's going to get drafted. He's kind of an undersized power forward. He's, he's very big, and he's very good. He's a very good college player. One of those guys that's not necessarily poised to be a tremendous NBA player, honestly. You know, he's, he's a little bit undersized as a power forward, but... I can see him returning um, if he really wants to run it back. Baylor should have a good team again next year. They got some recruits coming in. They got, besides their top three best players, they've got uh, Chamu Chachua, who's who should be back. You know, so they'll, they'll be they'll still be good next year. They'll still be in the top twenty-five, um, and they're extremely well coached too. So that always helps. 
So I can see Vital deciding to come back, honestly, um, unless he wants to pursue a professional career, possibly overseas or in the G League to start. So then jumping back in, we got um, Quentin Grimes is the next name to enter the draft. Uh, he's going to hire an agent. He's the leading scorer for Houston, team that made the Final Four this year. Uh, he was a trans- he was former top recruit who, who was at Kansas for a year, and he transferred to Houston. Shooting guard, great score. He's going to hire an agent. I got him ranked at 42, so he's like mid-second round right now. Um, I've seen his draft stock is very interesting. I've seen him vary from anywhere from late first round to like middle to late second round. It's interesting. It's really weird. Um, the, the For the, uh, the NBA, the draft combine is going to be big for him because he was a little bit of an inconsistent shooter during the tournament. People were, you know debating that and seeing if that's you know something that should be worrisome in the nba but it'll be interesting to see he's going to be a guy that makers makes or breaks his stock in the tournament in the uh draft combine he was a junior this year at houston he's hired an agent though so he's not planning on coming back and then trenton watford power forward from lsu um was close to a double double averaging guy he was one of lsu's best players he was a sophomore uh he was a big recruit Last year as a freshman, had a decent freshman season. Not amazing. Declared for the draft, decided to go back for his sophomore year. Came back, had an even better year this year. I got him ranked at number 50, so towards the end of the second round. Uh, he's another guy that varies, but I haven't really, I haven't seen him in any first rounds. He's really like all throughout the second round, uh, either early, mid, or, or late second round as of right now. I've been seeing him vary. And Mac McClung now. That's the second to last. Herbert Jones is the other one. He was a senior, uh, small four from Alabama, was their top defender. I got him ranked at 64, so barely undrafted, but he's up there. Mac McClung declared for the draft, and we're going to get into Mac McClung in a few. Um, he was really the big storyline of the college basketball world the, this past week. Um, well, the past couple of days, I should say, because that's when he made the decision, but he has decided to enter the NBA draft and enter the transfer portal at the same time for a second straight year. So he, but he's not going to hire an agent for the NBA draft. So he's just testing the wars. I got him ranked at 57. Uh, a lot of NBA mock drafts don't even have him getting drafted. If he, if he does, they have him in the late second. No one has him being like early second or late first. So he'll most likely return to school and it won't be Texas tech. So That'll be interesting. And, you know, a, the situation that you kind of saw coming after Chris Beard decided to leave, uh, Beard kind of attracted him from Georgetown to come to Texas Tech this past year. And now since Chris Beard took the Texas job, uh, a lot of guys have been deciding to leave Texas Tech. Texas Tech is going to be in an interesting situation to try and stay competitive because they're not, because Chris Beard um, was the reason they all wanted to come play. And that, that leads us right into – our next topic, Mac McClung enters the draft and the transfer portal. So, interesting situation. Um, he's going to test the draft waters while looking to transfer for his third school if he returns to college. So, he played two years at Georgetown, uh, decided to transfer this past year. He declared for the NBA draft and just tested the waters and then entered the tra- and then decided to withdraw from the NBA draft and entered the transfer portal to not return to Georgetown. And he committed to Texas tech played this past season at Texas tech. He didn't have to sit out a year because everybody was deemed eligible. Um, part of like the COVID restrictions and most likely all the transfers are going to be, are not going to have to sit out a year again this year because of the free year. That's why a lot of players are transferring. They're not going to have to sit out a year. So 
if McClung, so if McClung transfers, go back, goes back to school, we'll be able to watch him at a different school, most likely next year. But um, so he's going to return to school for his senior season. He obviously has two years left with the extra year of eligibility, so he's going to have a senior season and a super senior season, which uh, you know they're they're going to create that term. It looks like for the guys who are returning, but um, he's going to he's going to. Uh, jump onto a new team for his senior season. The decision came after Chris Beard left Texas Tech to take over at Texas. Uh, That move resulted in Terrence Shannon, who is shooting guard, um, potential first-round pick declaring for the draft, and he's most likely leaving. And Marcus Santos Silva, who is a four-year guy at VCU who transferred to Texas Tech as a grad senior, um, he entered the transfer portal again this year and he's going to play his sixth season uh, because of the free year in college basketball, but he's not going to be playing Texas tech next year. Um, so a bunch of guys are abandoning tech. Anybody who has any type of uh, draft stock is leaving. Everyone else is either declaring or trying to uh, fit or trying to, you know, figure out uh, a different spot for next season. So with that, that leaves the big question. And we were trying to figure this out um, when we were reviewing Texas Tech after getting knocked out of the tournament, what are the options for Mac McClung? Like, where could he go? And that's going to be the interesting thing to see. And I and I've I've got a few schools that I would watch out for. Um, obviously he only announced this about two days ago. I don't know if he really has any schools in mind. Schools are going to jump in back and forth. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, but. A few names that jump in mind. First is going. First, obviously, I have to mention it because it seems like the obvious potential landing spot is Texas, because Chris Beard is now the head coach at Texas. Um, is it possible he can bring McClung with him and he'll join the Longhorns for a season, and then maybe uh, leave for the NBA draft after next year, uh, and that that way he doesn't have to leave the state either. You know, he gets to stay in Texas. He gets to one up with a different Big Twelve school. Yeah, obviously Texas Tech has been better than Texas over the last few years, but historically Texas is better. So, be interesting. Be very interesting. That's that's the first one that comes to mind. That it seems like almost the perfect situation. Um, I, would, I that's definitely one to watch out for. Another one that I thought was interesting was Virginia. Virginia has been big on the uh, in the transfer portal over the last couple of seasons. Landing guys, you know, they had Sam Hauser come in this past year, who was a senior. He's gonna he, he's gonna leave not not use this extra year of eligibility and then enter the NBA draft. Um, Tony Bennett's all over the transfer portal, and the big thing that could attract McClung is he's a Virginia native. He was born in Virginia, went to high school in Virginia, so playing at the University of Virginia could be a good move for him. And they're going to lose a few guys. Uh, Kihei Clark should be back. Um, they'll lose Hauser. They're going to lose a, f- a few players, a few seniors. Jay Huff, they'll pro- most likely lose. So they can afford to bring in McClung, and McClung could jump in and be their top scorer again next season. They, he really could. And they got some They got some uh, uh, top 100 guys, too, who are planning on coming in for, um, as freshmen this upcoming year, too. So... That would be interesting. I think Virginia is a very uh, realistic one to look out for. Um, I think that that's very good. That that would be pretty cool. He would go home. Uh, he's from the state of Virginia anyway, so 
that's an interesting one. Texas and Virginia are the two that I would really look out for, at least right now. Um, but you never know. And then the next tier of teams to watch out for for McClung, I would say I group all the three of these teams together. Arkansas, Memphis, and Auburn. I I group all of these teams together. These will all be interesting landing spots um, because these were all fi- three finalist teams that almost got him last year when he just, he ultimately decided to play for Texas Tech, but he narrowed it down to seven teams. And Arkansas, Memphis, and Auburn were among them. USC was another. So they could jump right back in the mix. Arkansas is poised to have a great a uh, great class again next year. They're already ranked in preseason top tens um, I've, that I've looked over a few of them from some college basketball analysts. Arkansas should be nice again next year. And, you know, they're losing Moses Moody, but they're bringing back a lot of their key pieces and bringing in McClung could be huge for them. And that could be a very competitive spot for him to decide to go to. Musselman's got a good program going over there. So Arkansas would be interesting. Memphis, of course, would be very interesting too. Penny Hardaway has been able to attract a lot of talent since he's uh, taken over the job at Memphis. They haven't been extremely competitive, you know, not the way that they had hoped. You know, they would hope to be a perennial, you know, number one top of the college basketball rankings every single year. And they haven't been that, but they have attracted the talent. There's, no doubt about that. And they were a finalist to try to get McClung last season to try to get him to transfer from Tech and uh, from uh, Georgetown, but he ended up choosing Tech. So Memphis could jump back into the list. You never know. Um, Boogie Ellis actually is going to leave, is leaving Memphis. He was uh, originally committed to, want to say, Duke. He was committed to one of the top schools. Um, and decided to transfer to Memphis, and now he's signed to transfer again. He's in the transfer portal, and he's a shooting guard that can open up a spot for McClung. Um, they should have Landers Nolly back. They should have Musa Cisse back next season, and they got a couple of more freshmen that are coming in that are big players. So he can, you know, he can make a competitive team for Memphis next season. And then Auburn's very interesting. Auburn, right before the show, too. They landed Walker Kessler, the Kansas transfer, former five-star recruit. Um, Auburn's going to have a good team next year. They were ineligible to make the tournament this season um, because of recruiting violations, but it was a good season for them to sit out because they were not that great this year. They'll lose Sharif Cooper, who was their star point guard uh, freshman this year. He's going to be enter the draft. Uh, potential first round pick Alan Flanagan. They might potentially leave too, but I've been actually seeing that they, they, they're kind of expecting him to return. Um, he's been popping up in some late first rounds in some NBA mock drafts and he's been popping up mostly in second rounds though, but he might return. Uh, JT Thor, who was one of their five-star recruits freshman this year, he entered the NBA draft, but it's just testing the waters and he doesn't really have much of a draft stock right now either. So I could totally see JT Thor coming back and they have some, they have some big recruits coming in too. So they're, they're going to be a tough team this upcoming year, Auburn. And if they added McClung, they'd be even more stacked. So I think Auburn can a hundred percent jump into the mix and make things extremely interesting in the Mac McClung sweepstakes. Uh, so those those are some teams that I find, you know, could make it work. It's really it's going to be it's going to be interesting to to look out for. It really is. There's so many guys in the transfer portal. Um, a lot of big names, uh, you know, for St. John's fans too. I saw Rasheem Dunn today come to Robert Morris. 
Uh, he was a senior point guard for us uh, this past year. One of our better players, uh, he decided to enter the transfer portal. He's going to use his extra year of eligibility. He would have been a senior and had to leave this year. The only go, He decided to go to Robert Morris, which I thought was interesting. But the only thing that I can really rationalize the reason why he would decide to do that is maybe they came up to him and told him they don't have a spot on the team for him next year since they did they thought he was going to be a senior they gave to they gave the extra spots to you know an incoming freshman a transfer something like that and they didn't have a spot on the team for him so and he was like okay maybe i want to play another year of college basketball though so he may may have had to settle at robert morris or something that's the only thing way i can rationalize it because why he had a big role at St. John's too. Why would he leave St. John's to go to Robert Morris, um, who was in Sacred Hearts Division, my alma mater, uh, the NEC, and they just jumped into um, a different conference this, this past year, Horizon, I believe, and because uh, they were they were winning the NEC almost every single season. So that was that was an interesting one. This transfer portal is going to be interesting. A lot more to come. Going to be putting out so much uh, content on the NBA draft. The transfer portal will be coming out with shorts on it. Like I, I got you all with the covers, so stay tuned for NBA draft coverage with all three and D. So we'll jump, we'll jump ship a little bit from college basketball to the NBA. We haven't talked too much NBA over the last few weeks with the with March Madness going on, um, and. With that being said, I got to give you guys my MVP leaderboard updated version. Um, I gave you mine probably a couple of, a couple months ago, I think it was, of who I have ranked at the top, and it's changed a bit. And you know, even with March Madness going on and stuff, I've still been paying extreme attention to the NBA. We haven't talked about it too much, but it's you know we're getting close to playoff time, and it's going to get really interesting soon. So. Um, I'll leak you guys my MVP leaderboard. So first up, we'll go backwards. We'll go top five, number five, Joel Embiid. So Embiid was uh, earlier in the season, a couple of months ago, my favorite to win MVP uh, until he got hurt, and he's missed a lot of time with a knee injury. Uh, he's averaging 29.4 points, 11.1 rebounds, 3.1 assists, 1.5 blocks, and 1.1 steals. And the Sixers are 36 and 17 right now, and they're tied with the Nets for the first seed in the East. Um, and B, only reason why he fell all the way to five, in my opinion, is because of his injury. He would be, had he not gotten injured and been able to play for even longer, he would be so much higher up this list. He would, like, honestly, neck and neck with, you know, the top guys. I thought so. He uh, he's fallen a bit on my list. Um, I don't have LeBron on the list. He's fallen a bunch too because of his injuries. Um, you know, I would love to have Luca on my top five. I don't though because the Mavs are only in the, the seventh seed right now in the West. Um, and as we've seen in the past, the seeding of your team in playoff time plays a huge role on who wins MVP. And that brings us to number four. The reigning two-time MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I've got him ranked at number four right now. He's having another ridiculous season. Only reason why I have him ranked at number four, though, is voter fatigue. We've seen this so many times in the past in the NBA. So many guys win back-to-back MVPs and don't have a shot of winning a third straight MVP because of voter fatigue. You know, they give it to somebody else, even if that guy has another great season, you know, throughout his career. 
could have won MVP basically every single season. He gave it to Carl Malone a couple of years and Charles Barkley a year. Like the it's voter fatigue is real and that's what's going to bite on Tentacumpo this year. He doesn't have a real shot. And especially because the Bucks are third in the East too. If they were first again, then he may then he might have a chance for his third straight MVP. But averaging 28.8 points a game, 11.4 rebounds, 6.2 assists, 1.3 blocks, and 1.1 steals. Um, I mean, you can't argue with those numbers. Those numbers are just sick. They're similar, if not better, than his past two seasons of winning MVP. Um, and the Bucks are 33 and 20 right now, and they're third in the East. So, only reason why I have him, you got to keep him in the top five, though, because he's just too good. Uh, he's going to be in the MVP conversation. He's going to get votes. There's no doubt about that. But he's not in the upper echelon because of a couple of the other names that that I'm going to give you, and because and because you know he's one of the last two. So a lot of People aren't going to vote for him. There's a lot of other names there this year too. That'll be very interesting to see uh, what they can do um, that are much more likely to win it. So now we'll jump into number three. A little bit of a curveball. I got James Harden ranked at number three. Harden obviously is hurt right now, so this is going to this is going to hurt his stock. He's going to fall further from number three. But as of right now, the season ended today. He'd finish in third place in my MVP voting because what he's done since getting traded to the Nets is unbelievable. Uh, Durant's been hurt for two months. He's barely even been able to play with Harden. Um, they, Kyrie Irving obviously is in and out with you know personal reasons, all that kind of stuff going on. Um, but Harden has been a stable for the Nets. He's played every single game. Uh, since he joined them, he just has the injury. He has the injury now. He's going to miss a couple of weeks. But before this, he was playing every single day and he was putting up ridiculous stats. He's averaging twenty five point two points, ten point nine assists, eight rebounds, one point two steals. He's taken over the point guard duties from Kyrie. Um, he's the playmaker of the team. He uh, he knows his role isn't to drop 35, 36 points a game anymore like it was with the Rockets. He is only averaging 25 points a game because he's got other scoring options with Kyrie and Joe Harris. And even it, minus Kevin Durant since he's been out. Um, and Nicholas Claxton's been stepping up big time. You know, they've they've got so many other scoring options that he doesn't have to score 36 points a game. And he's not going to. So he's down to 25, but he's still averaging 11 assists a game. Um a ridiculously good ball handler. He's he's the main ball handler now over Kyrie. Um, and he's grabbing eight rebounds and 1.2 steals. So he fills up the stat sheet no matter what. People were wondering, you know, put up ridiculous numbers with the Rockets because he was the main guy and there wasn't as many pieces around him. Would he keep putting up these great numbers um, going into playing Brooklyn where he's got Kyrie and when Kevin Durant comes back and stuff. And he's jumped right in and he's been their most valuable player this season. You can't even argue it. And the Nets right now are 36 and 17, uh, tied first in the East uh, with the Sixers. Uh, they they keep going back with back and forth just for the one and the two season in the East. That's you know, well, it'll be interesting to see who, who ends up getting what. But Harden's been their key piece. He really has. And the Nets have been an amazing have had an amazing season this year. Um Obviously, they loaded up by getting Blake Griffin, too, and LaMarcus Aldridge. But James Harden is one of the guys who 
has really kept going and the motor running, even with all the injuries that they've been going through. Um, and once they all get back on the court, it's going to be ridiculous to see. So I got him ranked at number three. And now number two, I got Damian Lillard, Portland Trailblazers. Um, you know, any basketball fan knows the kind of the kind of season Lillard's having. He's averaging almost thirty points a game. He's ridiculous. He's face that franchise. He's been what's he's been the engine in Portland that's been leading them to the playoffs every single season. They're sitting at thirty one and twenty two right now, which is sixth in the West. Um, that's what hurts his MVP stock the most. I feel like. I mean, you know, if you really look at the true meaning of the award most valuable player, you can argue that Damian Lillard is the most valuable player for his team over um, in the entire league. You know, uh, if Portland not have, if you take Damian Lillard off of Portland, they go from 31 and 22 to a well under 500 team, in my opinion, uh, especially in the West. So he's, he is the key piece. He plays almost every game. He's averaging 28.7 points. 7.6 assists, 4.2 rebounds, and is shooting almost 38% from three-point range that season. Uh, knockdown three-point shooter. He actually just entered 11th all-time in three-pointers made. He just surpassed Dirk uh, for 11th all-time tonight, which is pretty incredible for, what, eight seasons in the NBA. Uh, he's going to be well into the top five by the time his career is over. Him and Steph Curry, that's that's for sure. Two of the best shooters I've ever seen in my life. Um, but Damian Lord, I got him chalked in number two right now, mainly just because the Trailblazers haven't been in the top four in the West. They're num- say number six right now. It's very difficult to win MVP if you finish in sixth place, you know. And obviously this year, it's the t- seeds seven through ten all have to do the play-in. Um, so you're not going to see any MVPs coming from a play-in team. That's for sure. So. You know, Lillard is putting up the numbers to be MVP, and he has the value with his team to be MVP. But I'm not sure he's going to win MVP. Uh, I mainly just because of how how it's going, and really just you know compared to the other depth in the West. Uh, how competitive it is, and my number one too. It, I I feel like there's there's a big margin between everyone else. My number one, and not necessarily there for my number one, number one is big man Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Now, anybody who's been what who any NBA fan, you can't knock what Jokic has been accomplishing this year. Uh, he has been absolutely incredible. The Nuggets are fourth in the West right now at 34 and 19 um and he does literally everything you know as a seven footer he's averaging 26.2 points 10.9 rebounds 8.8 assists like people don't realize like how incredible averaging nine assists a game as a seven footer is he's a ridiculous ball handler i mean I've said this before on the show, but it's it's worth mentioning again. You know, a f- like I remember a few years ago when Marcus Gasol was um, averaging five assists a game, and what Kim Noah was at was averaging around that too. And we were considering them two best passing big men of all time. This guy's averaging nine assists per game, and I feel like it's a little underplayed how ridiculous that is. You know, we we've never seen a big man. Um, average 
deadly. This many assists per game is absolutely ridiculous. And um, he's also averaging 1.5 steals. He's shooting 57% from the field and 42% from three. He literally does everything. And he's seven, seven feet tall. I think that he's having such a sick season. There's there's no way you can't not give him the MVP. If he's the of all the five guys I listed, I, I'm a big fan of all five guys, and you can make the case for all five of them to win the MVP this year. But the re, but I feel like there is a huge gap between Jokic and everybody else. Um, Jokic has just been ridiculous this entire season. He's putting up ridiculous numbers, transcendent numbers for a big man as well. Um, and again, if you look at truly what MVP award is, most valuable player for, uh, for a team. If you take, they have a good team, the Nuggets, but you take Jokic off that team, they're 34 and 19 in a tough Western Conference right now. You take Jokic off that team, and you have a team with just Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon and Paul Millsap and Michael Porter Jr. Um, they're 500, probably a few games under 500 in the West. Like you're, we're talking about like a a ten game difference or so from one player. I truly think, and they, it's the same thing with Jimmy Lillard. Out of the five guys I named, um, those are the two guys that if you take them off their team would be the biggest impacts. And you could end it with Milwaukee too. Giannis, you can argue that too, because if you take Giannis off Milwaukee, um, I think Milwaukee's a really good team, and they'd actually probably be above five hundred in the East if you took Giannis off the team, but they wouldn't be as dominant as, as they are. Um, if you take Embiid off the Sixers, you do still have some depth. You still have Ben Simmons. Uh, you take James Harden off the Brooklyn Nets. You still got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which is where they started. So, uh, but you take a little bit off the trailblazers or you take Jokic off the nuggets. And we're talking about 10, 12 plus wins that come off of the, the, the team from just one player you know the these kind of guys are just a different breed i think i i really think it's Jokic and lillard uh the top two and it's everybody else behind them uh just kind of piled up and there's a lot of guys who dealt with injuries that were at the top of it um even if lebron didn't get hurt i think that i'd only have him ranked third or fourth um personally i thought it was kind of insane that he was ranked number one ahead of Jokic and Lillard and Harden and Giannis. Um, I probably actually have him ranked five, even if he never got hurt, just because I think you can't read with the, the numbers they've been putting up 25, eight and eight can't compare to what Jokic, Lillard, Harden and Giannis have been doing all season. Like it's just, it's incomparable. Um, and on a team too, where I don't even think you're the best player on the team. Anthony Davis is the best player on the Lakers too. So, and I want to drop in the comments and call me out on that, but it's 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 the truth. Anthony Davis is the best player on the Lakers, but Nikola Jokic is your MVP. That's for sure. Uh, season ends right now. Nikola Jokic is the MVP. Uh, as long as he keeps up the amazing pace that he's on. He might be averaging a triple-double. And can you imagine a seven-footer averaging a triple-double to end the season? I mean, Russell Westbrook, Oscar Robertson, and Nikola Jokic finish seasons averaging a triple-double. Like, come on. It's going to be ridiculous. So you can't 
So there's my NBA MVP leaderboard. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't necessarily have to agree. This is what I think. Um, going to have a lot more NBA coverage coming up in the next few weeks with the season winding down. We're going to have some good guests on the next few weeks too, so definitely something interesting to stay tuned. Um, and got a good comment. You're wrong there, Paul. I'm not a LeBron guy, but no way AD's better. He's a good two, but couldn't lead his own team. Got Marty right there. Um, go check out Marty's podcast. He's a great guy. I hopped onto his show once to talk college basketball. Um, I respect it. I think, you know, you can make that argument. Um, I think that LeBron does help the team win. But if we're talking about purely a better player, I, I, I just rank Anthony Davis ahead of LeBron as a purely better basketball player, to be honest with you, like as of right now. Um, LeBron's, in my opinion, the second best player of all time. And I'm not even a LeBron guy, but – um, and he's a winning player too. There's no doubt that that his presence makes a team win. You know, if you're if you want to base it off that, then that's definitely um, definitely a key. But if we're talking about better better player, and you know, we saw how bad the Lakers kind of struggled to um, when they didn't have another piece with LeBron. To the one season he was there, they had Anthony Davis, and they won a championship last year. You know, and in, and in the bubble too, especially Anthony Davis was a key piece to winning uh, for them. I thought that, uh, I thought that you know Anthony Davis was kind of slept on. LeBron um, kind of got more of the notoriety than than he should have, but. Um, yeah, it's time for Dame to get his recognition too. Do his special and being in Portland hurts him, I think. I uh, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Um, I'm a huge Damian Lillard fan. Damian Lillard is actually my favorite player in the, the entire league as of right now. Um, and used to be Dirk. Now it's now it's Damian Lillard. I love Damian Lillard, and I do think that him being in Portland does hurt uh, hurt himself a little bit, but it shows his loyalty too. A big degree, and I—that's I, a big thing that the NBA is missing nowadays. Um, obviously, the super teams are here to stay. You kind of need a super team to win. That's just the kind of—that's the way the league is headed. So you can't even blame these guys for forming super teams. But you know, I just give mad respect to Damian Lillard for sticking there. Portland is not a media, you know, powerhouse. It definitely isn't, and never will be. So it hurts him a ton playing in Portland rather than playing in New York, Los Angeles, or Chicago, the, that would be that would be much bigger for him, and he'd have a much bigger spotlight, and he'd probably, honestly, be sitting in number one right now ahead of Jokic if he played in one of those cities, putting up the numbers that he's putting up um, and leading his teams to what they've been doing. But I, I agree. You know, Lillard uh, needs to start getting more recognition. Uh, he's the best point guard in the NBA. He really is. Uh, he surpassed Steph Curry, I think, even though Steph Curry's had an amazing season this year. I think that he's slightly surpassed him. The two have been going back and forth. Obviously, if you want to you know, include Luka as a point guard, if you want to include James Harden as a point guard, um, I still consider them kind of like more shooting guards. Uh, I, can, I still consider James Harden a shooting guard that can just handle the ball. Um, and uh, Luka's really like Swiss Army knife too like you can use him with anything you can handle the ball but he's like he's like a point forward you know so i don't necessarily consider those guys point guards um 
really pure point guards like Steph Curry and Damian Lillard, if we're talking about those guys, uh, Damian Lillard is number one, in my opinion. So, got another one. How about Gillespie and Samuels going back to Nova? Huge, huge for Villanova. Um, like I said before, with the Gillespie, those are going to be two huge additions um, to to come back next season. Uh, you know, they're going to lose Robinson Earl Villanova definitely needed some star power like that to come back. So I think, I think those are, that's huge. And Villanova is going to be great again next year. Definitely. And go, that's a smart decision by Gillespie too. you know, torn ACL wasn't going to get drafted this year. Would have had to either play overseas or make, try to make it in the G league uh, while recovering from his torn ACL. Might as well take advantage of the free year. Same with Samuels too. So I think that those were smart moves on both of their parts. So our final headline, which is another NBA headline, um, something to watch out for tonight. Steph Curry is on pace tonight to become the Warriors' all-time leading scorer. Uh, he's right now sitting at 17,765 career points, and he's only 18 points away from Will Chamberlain's 17,783 which is the all-time record. So he, if he scores more than 18 points tonight, he is the he's Golden State's all-time leading scorer. Um, people forget that Will Chamberlain played for Golden State. Honestly, you know, a lot of people look at him with the Lakers um, and the Sixers, but he was their all-time leading scorer. And he put up ridiculous numbers, and I think this is kind of like the icing on the cake too for uh, for Steph Curry to really just show that he is the number one warrior of all time because he is. He three-time NBA champion. They have six championships in total um, for their franchise. But you know, I'm excited for this. He's already he's already their their leading their franchise leader in assists, three pointers made, and free throw percentage. And he'll add points to that most likely after tonight, if not after tonight, after next game. Um, so I'm excited to see that. That's going to be something interesting to watch out for. Um, if anybody has NBA League Pass, tune into the Warriors game tonight, maybe, and uh, you can watch. You can witness some history, see what see what goes down. Um, they'll be definitely be interesting to see. So that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode. Uh, I want to thank everyone who tuned into the Review and Preview Network to watch another episode of the Three and D, and to all those listening via podcast, YouTube, etc. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, where I'm very active, at, at P underscore smooth underscore three. A lot of NBA um, stuff I retweet and tweet out. A lot of college basketball stuff. So follow that. Turn on notifications so you can stay up to date. Um, that's where and that's where I put out like all my uh, articles that I write, all my different um, episodes for the 3 and D that I'll put out. So... There's going to be a lot of stuff coming, especially in the next few months. So definitely stay tuned. And especially if you're a big NBA draft fan, uh, you got to tune into the three and D and be watching us religiously because we're going to be having all coverage of the NBA draft. So hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week and stay tuned for more updates and brand new episodes coming every Monday at seven. Have a great night, everyone.